Welcome to Popyak, where we yak about pop culture. Today we're yakking about the Legend of Vox Machina. I'm an old school critter, and by old school I mean I came in at the at the very beginning. Well, not at the very beginning, but in the beginning enough that uh, Akaba was still there. Campaign one. I still, from time to time, come in and check out campaign two and three, just to kind of peek my head in there and go, "What you guys are up to? Oh, y'all having a magical time? All right, keep it up." Uh, but I cannot deal with four-hour episodes of a show. I just can't do it. Um, usually I would just put it on in the background while I draw, but even then now, like I'm addicted to Spotify, so I can't really having these Legend of Vox Machina shows, which is full of my favorite characters. Like each character that everybody's playing is my favorite. Usually in seasons two and three, I only found two or three characters that I really liked instead of the whole party. And that made it kind of hard to watch it for me. Like in, in season two, I liked Jester and Caleb in the new season. I like all of the people that were in Critical Role Unlimited. They had as a summer short to give the Vox Machina, to give the main players a break. Man, was that good. They had such a really charming and wonderful DM. And those characters carried on in season three. So those are the characters that I really enjoy in season three. And everybody else is like, they, they're here. That's cool. Give me more of that summertime stuff. I like that. Give me more of that. I think that's the only one I'm going to be checking in on. If you guys know any shorter campaigns that are dope AF, let me know and I would definitely check those out. I'm a big D&D player myself. We have a weekly game, which I know for adults is really hard to do because everybody's schedules are crazy. My group has like a whole list of everybody's schedules where we can go and go, oh, nope, we can't play this week because of these schedules contradict. And we got a one day where everybody's off score having the legend of vox machina like this like a little side story that takes place in half an hour chunks is perfection and also with my favorite campaign characters all of these characters i love every single one of them they seem like the most realized characters if that makes any sense and that's probably only because the i only stick around for the first few episodes in the <laughs> in the newer seasons that make it so that these guys aren't complete characters boo i don't have time for this <laughs> It's my own fault, really. I love Vox Machina so much that when I heard that they were making a cartoon, I was all about it. And then they were like, Titmouse is doing it. I was like, hell yes. What I did not expect is how adult this show is because, oh boy, I saw Scanlan's coin purse at one part. Of course, they're cursing and, and stuff like that. And I expected that. But I did not expect to see boobs. And I did not expect to see one of the funniest scenes in the episode, which was Keyleth throwing up in the mouth of a Doberman. Also, Doberman man? What race is that? I would love to play a Doberman man. Maybe a Doberman man barbarian? Or ooh, even better, a Doberman man bard. I'm writing that down so that I can play those characters later. They had another squad that they show you at the very beginning of this that kind of, that kind of tempers your expectations of how the feel of this show is going to be by having them all brutally murdered in hilarious ways. It reminded me a lot of Invincible. And I think Titmouse also works on Invincible, but I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. Random like D&D team that gets sent to fight this blue dragon gets wiped out immediately. And the king is like, what are we gonna do? We need somebody to deal with this problem. Oh, I know, Vox Machina picks up the task because they are, they have no morals, but they do like money. And also they want vengeance now because they met an adorable family that got wiped out. But we'll get there. We see at the very beginning of this, Vox Machina just being the lamest party of unkempt, unsophisticated, throwing up all over the place characters that you never meet. You're like, look at this fucking gaggle of you know ne'er-do-wells do i want them to actually go on a, val a a quest for valor and bravery i mean they're all we got left so i fucking guess and that was really cool i love that the king was swayed by the fact that they had a bear 
even though the bear was told to stay outside, if they would have brought the bear inside, that would be an instant yes. Hire them immediately. Send them. Give them half of what's in that big gold box. And if they would have got that, it would have been even shittier that they decided to almost give up halfway through. That, oh man, the king gave us half this gold and we, we saw a dragon and went, nah. <laughs> Fuck that. We're not dealing with that. Running off with the rest of the money. That would be, you know, they'd have to probably sit down and think about their alignment a little bit better if they did that. Speaking of alignments, Pike has a scar. So this is in the middle of all the other stuff Box Machina was doing, which I like. It's a nice side adventure. So it's not retelling you the same story that you've already experienced. It's kind of remixing things, which I'm a big fan of, the, of a remix. But keeping the characters the same, love that. Give me that more. That's what I kind of beg for in the MCU. Like, and that's why I like comic books in general. Like what if stories are fun to read. And I really have to get into that Marvel What If show. It's just there was so much MCU stuff dropping that I just, it felt, I felt overburdened by it. Same way I felt overburdened by Critical Role. They fight these guys in a tavern, cut off the arm of one of the mercenaries that was actually the king gonna, the king was gonna call up. And they decided to take this job because they're fucking broke. I love that uh, Vex was able to shake the bag, the coin purse, and go, yes, there's three, co there's, there's three silver in this bag. Love that little touch to character detail. I don't know if Matt Mercer is working on writing this show. I'm going to double check the credits next time I watch it. I figured I don't got to watch the credits. I know who the voice actors are, but I should probably check and see who's writing this because they got the characters and everything down. Hearing the theme song from the sh from the D&D game to play in the show was a treat. I really enjoyed hearing that and hearing it in the background as just a battle song was really cool. What another thing that was a treat is to get a freaking glimpse of a blue dragon right away. I don't think they call it a blue dragon because I don't think Wizards of the Coast gave them their blessing and go, this is a show that's D&D &D and you're totally okay to use our copyrighted stuff. So I think it's just a dragon that shoots lightning, not necessarily a blue dragon. He doesn't look like a D&D &D blue dragon. That dragon, even though he's CGI, looks really good. And uh, we the cast meets a bunch of kids and a family and Pike quote blesses their house sort of she does a bad job because the dragon kind of shoots lightning right fucking through it and then vax getting to know getting vax really reaching out to one of these kids and the kids tell him what the hell's been going on because they actually heard what they heard more of what was happening and had more info than the adults did so vax was able to coax that out of the kids just by showing them some magic tricks and he really like forged a bond with these kids so when they felt defeated and had a spider-man no more moment at the, at the beginning of the show where they were like fuck this job it's too tough dragons are hard they decided fuck it we're out for revenge now this is a revenge quest because money wasn't enough to do it for them it had to it had to have something else i like that they all decided fuck you dragon we're gonna get you and we also got to see how a favorite enemy affects a ranger so that was interesting there's a lot of little things in this that i'm really hype about and just having this episode be the first one to get your get your palate wet for what's to come was a really good taste of the future. So I'm really into this show. I'm really hype about continuing covering it. And uh, I hope you guys come with me on the ride. Thanks so much for listening.